Welcome to Ed Talks Minnesota, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations in the Twin Cities about issues impacting young people and public education and creative strategies and opportunities to support and advocate for our youth. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, community leaders, and others who care deeply about young people, their well being, and success. Ed Talks is supported by generous grants from the Bush Foundation and Comcast. This Ed Talk is titled How to Raise Tech Healthy Kids. Tablets, smartphones, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and more. Technology is a central part of young people's lives today. Keeping up can be challenging, but a positive and well-informed approach can have a big impact on a child's future and in creating new habits that lead to digitally healthy individuals. In this Ed Talk, Dave Eisenman will teach simple tips to help both kids and adults balance the use of technology in our lives. This Ed Talk was recorded in front of a live audience at Ice House in Minneapolis on January 13th, 2020. All right, thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. I find time fascinating. I don't know about you, but we never have enough. We're always wanting more. We have all sorts of phrases in the English language about time, how we spend our time, how time flies, how we wish we could put time in a bottle, share wishes she could turn back time. There's all sorts of phrases related to time. We spend a lot of time talking about time and what we do with it. We all like our vacation time. And by the end of this talk, I'm going to tell you how to gain more vacation time. There's also, of course, screen time, which is what we're here tonight to talk about. And I believe it's kind of an unfortunate term that, as Aaron alluded to, lumps everything together into one category. We don't really look at the content on the screens, but we'll talk about that too. Occasionally in life, we also have moments where we get to reset time or change up how we spend our time. And those reset moments um, can make a major difference in our lives. And I have one such moment that I want to share with you. This is a picture of my daughter in her bedroom. And our nightly routine that my wife and I have for our four kids is we, when they're young, read stories to them and put them to bed. And when my daughter was about five years old, one night during bedtime routine, and I'm typically during bedtime routine five years ago, was helping them brush their teeth while I had my phone laying on the counter next to me so I could scroll through and look at Twitter and Facebook and such answer emails, because of course that's important at night during bedtime is to answer work emails. Um, my daughter turned to me and said, when mommy's with me, she always just reads, but when daddy's with me, he always has his phone. And it was one of those reset moments in my life where it was just like a slap in the face of reality to realize what's important here. And my daughter, without knowing it, kind of calling me out and saying, hey, pay attention to me and spend time with me and not be somewhere else. And so that was the beginning five years ago of a drastic change in my life. And it's been an ongoing journey since, but I'm working to have a healthy balance of tech in my life. 
Some other things that I've learned over the past five years or so is how technology works with our brain and how our brain works in general. And I'm not a neuroscientist or can pretend to even be one here, but in our brain, when good things happen to us and we get this little shot of dopamine, this healthy chemical that makes us feel good. And something, maybe someone that we um, really likes is something nice to us or we you know, win something or something good happens, we get these shots of dopamine. And that's something that our brain wants. But of, co of course, too much dopamine can be um, a bad thing. A pivotal moment for me in my learning was listening to a TED Talk by Tristan Harris. Has anyone in here heard Tristan Harris speak before? Okay, a few of you. I hope you'll listen to him uh, after tonight. He uh, talks about how technology has been purposely designed in the same way that a lot of casino and gaming industry engineers design their games, with bright colors, beeps, buzzes, you know, bells and whistles that make you excited when you win something or you uh, gain more points in a game or you get a new email or a new ding, um, a new alert, a buzz, whatever that is. Each of those things, just like a slot machine, gives their brain a little shot of dopamine. And in Silicon Valley, technology engineers have purposely designed technology, it's called persuasive design, to make us want to use our tech more. And so Tristan talks about our phone as a pocket slot machine. If you think of that, have you ever pulled the handle down on your phone with your thumb to refresh to see, do I have any new messages, any new posts, any new likes, any new comments, any new friends? Each time that those happen, we get a shot of dopamine, whether it's a like, a new tweet, a follower, a news story, um, a new TikTok video comment. I'm sure you're all on TikTok here, right? Your kids are. Or a snap, of course, uh, and Snapchat. And even we've started then putting these to numbers. We numerically catalog each of these things so that we feel bad if we don't have enough likes or we feel um, less popular if aren't, there aren't enough comments or kids are even taking things down within the first few minutes if they don't get 100 comments or 100 likes. And of course, Snapchat puts a numerical number to the number of days in a row that you have Snapchatted someone, so you feel compelled to continue to do that and check back on a daily basis. I've learned that the Silicon Valley and tech companies out there, they aren't looking out for my best interests. They're looking out for their bottom line, and they're persuasively designing these tools to grab our attention. And there's even algorithms in the background that are serving up the next video or the next news story to us. And it's not necessarily what is best or most interesting to other people, but it's what gets their attention and what most people then click on. And so I think it's important that we realize that and then we help our kids realize this too, as their attention is being uh, merchandised or controlled through algorithms and not even humans that are out there looking out for our best interests, whether it's YouTube or Netflix, which you guys remember the olden days of Netflix where you used to have to press play? to start the next episode, and now by design, it just starts automatically to keep you hooked. The same thing with scrolling through most social media. The videos, just a few years ago, you'd have to press play, and just a few years before that, you couldn't even watch videos on those tools. Now they just auto-play to keep you in that tool and increase eyeball time. Who's heard, heard of FOMO? What is it? Say it out loud. Exactly. Fear of missing out. Okay, we fear that. That's a real 
fear that adults have, and our kids have it too. And so recognizing that, talking to our kids about that, sharing with them that we're concerned about perhaps missing out on something. That's why we're looking at our tech right now. Um, but also then being um, you know, aware that they have those fears too and allowing that to happen, but also kind of keeping it in check and helping them keep that in balance is an important thing because we often don't even realize it. We don't know uh, that that's necessarily happening all the times and our kids don't know life any other way because of course they didn't grow up with that. But taking away the tech is not the answer. We can't just go live up in the boundary waters off the grid. Well, that's even harder nowadays to do up in the boundary waters. I still get a cell signal in a lot of places. In the future, our kids and our grandkids are gonna live in this high-tech world. And we need to help them learn to manage this and keep it in balance and work with their screen time um, so that they can balance their FOMO with JOMO. What's JOMO? Joy of missing out, exactly. Joy of missing out. We need times in our lives where we have tech and we can keep it in balance. We need times in our lives where we can be comfortable not checking in and not always looking at it or always using it. And so I've got a few ideas here tonight that I'm gonna share with you. Hopefully some of them might be new and you wanna give them a try or maybe some you're doing already. Uh, one thing that we can do to use technology to um, help us take control is we can actually use the tools to dial back the interruptions and the alerts we have. So who in here has these red app badges on your phone? Red's an alert color. It adds cortisol to your brain, which increases anxiety, so you automatically want to dismiss the red and get rid of it. That's by design. They're persuasively designing those app badges to get you to act on it and do something. So one of the things you can do is in your settings, I've got a picture here on the on iPhone, is you can go into notifications and you can turn off app badges. And you can turn off buzzes and alerts for all these things. So I have turned off everything on my phone now for about the past five years, except for text messages and except for calendar appointments and phone calls. Okay, those are the only things I wanna be alerted about. I don't have any social media that pops in for my attention or interrupts me or gives me an alert, or I'm a Minnesota Wild fan, I don't get the sports scores or the news headlines, none of that interrupts me. If you aren't doing that, think of how often you're distracted by something because your technology is trying to grab your attention. We can help our kids do this too. Recently, as in about a year and a half ago, Apple and Google introduced the long press on Do Not Disturb. I don't know if you've ever tried that before or if you've helped your kids with this. I did it right here tonight. I long pressed on do not disturb. I said, don't disturb me until I leave this location. My phone is not buzzing in my pocket right now. It's not interrupting me, and it prevents me from fragmented focus, wondering what's going on or what else should I be doing. Erin already alluded to this in her talk, the importance of spaces where we are tech-free. Our family has a phrase I learned from a colleague called, be where your feet are. And at the dinner table, hopefully yours doesn't look like this modern family, where they are off focus or they are physically present together but not in touch with one another. We have tech-free zone at dinner. We also have tech-free zone in our car. We say that you can't use technology or use your phone or be looking at it like these two guys in the back seat in the picture, but that should be um, off limits and we just converse with one another. We do make some exceptions on the really long family road trips, but around town we aren't watching Disney movies and, and things like that. 
my wife and I believe in starting gradually with tech use. So as our kids have um, kind of grown up, we've started by giving them uh, their technology, not right away off the bat, but gradually. And I know this isn't for everybody, but we did start in middle school when our kids were in sixth grade with a filtered phone and it had restrictions on it. We also waited until high school for social media. In other words, start to show us you can use your phone at um, middle school, and then we waited until social media until 13, which, by the way, is the day you're riding home on the bus from eighth grade. This is what happened for our kids. They started their social media accounts right in eighth grade on the bus ride home. Um, they have to friend me as part of that, or have me as a follower. And then, because again, of believing in starting gradually and practicing as you go along, we released some of these things a little bit later. We said, okay, Snapchat and some of these other things like TikTok, that'll be a little bit later. So how about age 16 for that? And again, connect with dad on that. Now, some families say, well, I really want that device. I gotta connect with my kid or find where she is after practice or things. You can get these phones. This one's called a Relay. It's a screenless phone. Or you can get some families choose to get kind of these watches that are stripped down versions of phones. Maybe you start there rather than going right with the smartphone for uh, your child. So think about that, kind of this gradual release of things. Aaron already alluded to this, and I did as well a little while ago. There's a difference between educational screen time and entertainment screen time. And I think that's an important thing to understand that uh, it was three years ago the American Academy of Pediatrics released new screen time recommendations, and they no longer said, hey, limit it to two hours a day. Instead, they said, hey, let's look at the content that's on the screen, not just is there a screen in front of a child's face, or anyone's face for that matter, and let's start to look at limiting, excuse me, entertainment screen time, but not educational screen time. So at our house, again, what we do is we limit the entertainment screen time to, we try to keep it at about an hour a day after homework's done. Uh, we allow non-violent video games. We're not a fan of violent video games. And then on the weekend, we allow more of that. Sometimes, of course, on the weekend, um, you know, you'll watch uh, multiple movies with friends or something, and it's not always followed, or if we watch a game on TV together or something like that, there'll be more. But as a general guideline, this is kind of our hope. If you're thinking about making changes, think about doing them incrementally, kind of baby steps along the way. Don't just go home tonight and say, hey, I heard Aaron and Dave, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and take this away, and put restrictions on this, and we're going to have more talks about it, you know, start slowly. There are some nice tools out there as parents where we can help our kids kind of learn this balance. I happen to be an Apple user, so I'm going to talk and show you some screenshots of Apple devices. And what they call screen time. If you're a Droid user, Google has their own tools. They're called Digital Wellbeing, and they have what they call Family Link. I love Google's name for it. Digital Wellbeing sounds so much better than screen time. Google wins for sure on that one. But here's what the tools look like. Who in here has used screen time or digital well-being before on your own phone? Anybody using it with kids? So you have your kids, and they have screen time as well. What it allows you to do is it'll give you a weekly report as well as each day. You can look at it at any moment. You can see how many minutes and hours have I been on my screen today. 
It breaks it down by categories. It gives you the option to set downtimes, like no screens after a certain amount or certain time of night. You can put limits on specific apps. You can limit certain apps. So I've done this uh, for my own kids. And then if you have other kids with devices like I do, they show up on here. And I've got a link at the end of the presentation that'll link you to directions to do this. But then from my phone, I can actually see their screen time totals and control and adjust them as necessary. So I could change the bedtime or could give them more screen time for Instagram um, if they ask for it or things like that. So it's some really nice tools that Apple just came out with um, about a year and a half ago, and so did Google. It allows you to put in categories, so I realize you can't see this uh, super well in here, but here you can see like games, 30 minutes a day, entertainment, streaming, 30 minutes a day, social media, um, Snapchat and Instagram is set here on my son's phone um, to about 20 minutes a day. So it's not saying, no, you can't do it at all. It's just saying, hey, within reason, here's some guardrails for you. You choose when and uh, how often you want to go in and look at these things, but here's kind of a, a healthy amount to look at each day. It'll also show you things like how many times you had notifications, which apps you're using the most, um, and uh, give you all those tools right at your fingertips. This is what time limits look like. So if you set a time limit like this one for Instagram, your child gets a alert that it's about to end, and then once it does, they can choose, or you can, if you set this for yourself, to bring your own screen use and control, you can say, hey, give me 15 more minutes, or ignore it for today and just go on. Or if you've set it and locked it for your kids, they could ask you, and you get an alert on your phone saying, do you want to give you know, your son more time? And you can say yes or no. And so you can say an hour more or 10 minutes more the rest of the day. The other thing I want to point out real quick is for free, Apple has right in your, well, there we go. Um, Apple has right within the menu the ability for you in settings to turn on a free web filter. We use this filter in our school district, so it can filter out the nasty stuff, and you can choose age limits for content. That's really nice if you want your kid to be able to access technology but not have access to all the yucky stuff uh, that's out there and available. Aaron mentioned the need to give our kids some unplugged time or some downtime and have those spaces. I believe that's important too. She also talked about not having technology in the bedroom. I wanted to mention that as well. Um, that's something we practice is all the devices are charged in a central location in the house. Screens aren't in the bedrooms overnight. And that's one uh, issue my daughter had with that is, well, that's my alarm clock. Well, tell you what, we went to Target, and for $9, we bought a digital alarm clock that works just as well. So there's a solution for that. So this is one question that you were asked at break, but then you changed the, the question a little bit. She was going to ask you, what's your screen? How much time are you spending on your screen today? And now I'm going to ask you that. Think of that number right now. What is your screen time number in general that would appear on your device if you were using these tallying tools? And I told you I was going to give you some more vacation time. If your screen time is, let's say, about 10 minutes a day, maybe it's 
20 minutes, maybe let's, let's just focus on social media time for right now. That'll be a little bit easier way to do this. What's the amount of time you spend on social media per day? If, for example, it's seven minutes a day, that adds up to 40 hours a year. So seven minutes times 365 days a year divided by 60 minutes is actually, it's about 42 hours for any math majors in here, but I rounded, okay? Which in eight hour days, that's five eight hour days, which means that's about one week's worth of vacation right there. So if you were to cut back on your social media use by just seven minutes a day, you would get one week of vacation. Wouldn't that be fun? One more week of vacation a year? You could do that if you just cut back in little incremental amounts. And it goes on. So if you double that, it's about six and a half to 13 minutes, that ends up being two weeks vacation. And if we go more, you can maybe look at your number here all the way up to almost an hour a day. Your screen time adds up to how many weeks of vacation you could have a year if you were just dialing back just a little bit. And if you're the average American adult at an hour and 15 minutes a day of social media time, that's the equivalent of 11 weeks of vacation. Now, of course, that's not all in you know, consecutive days, but it just starts to add up. And if you're the average teenage American or the adult from these countries that I've listed here spending two hours and 20-some minutes per day on social media, that's the equivalent of 22 weeks of vacation. So that's a lot of time, isn't it? Now, in the past, each New Year's, I've had, a, I've had resolutions of how I spend my time. Resolutions to cut back on notifications. Resolutions to be more present with my kids at bedtime. Resolutions to stop using social media. I've actually gone cold turkey and been off Facebook, checking Facebook and social media tools similar to that, just a few times a year. It's possible. You can break from that. You don't just have to look at what all sorts of other people and your friends are doing every day and eating and where they're checking in and so on. Okay, you too can make the break away from that or at least decide to dial it back and gain some more minutes of time. Think about what you could do to change your, how your screen time is spent and maybe make a resolution now for 2020. We're only two weeks into 2020. Maybe you made some resolutions, maybe not. One of them could be to use screen time just a little bit less, spend a little bit more time with those around you, spend a little bit more time with your kids and help them learn to balance and use their screen time wisely as well. I want to end with this image, which I'm not sure if you can read the words on it, but I was at a parenting conference a few years ago, and these jars, birth, third grade, 7th grade, and 12th grade, were almost the same spread of my four kids, and each marble represents one week in their life that we as parents have on influence over them before they leave the house, you know, before they graduate. And it was just pretty shocking to see when I had a daughter who was a senior in high school how few marbles were left in that jar. And as you think about your own kids and how we want to influence them and, of course, um, you know, make them into positive, healthy individuals, here was the sign hanging over these jars that said, when you know how much time you have left, you do more with the time you have. So I'd like to encourage you to do just that. Do more time or do more with the time you have and with your own kids to make them better, healthier individuals. 
I do have a handout electronically, so if you want to take a picture of this screen so that you can get to this, um, please do so. I believe these resources are also going to be emailed out um, by the EdTalks organization. So thank you very much for your time tonight. For more information on EdTalks, to watch EdTalks videos, or listen to more audio podcasts, visit AchieveMPLS.org slash EdTalks.